Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day. Whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day, whom you will serve. But that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, Networld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series titled, The Family Bible Revolution, an end-time message for his generational blessing. And we've been talking about a family who eats together, and then a family who prays together, and now we've started a family who fears together. Let me say it this way, a family who eats together, prays together, and a family who prays together, fears together. And fear's not a bad word. We were discussing Acts 2.43, which says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Wow. And that's right after Acts 2.42, which says they were continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. So it brought fear, but it was a good fear. You see, fear came upon every soul, not terror, but a godly fear a holy fear, a respect and awe and a reverence toward God. And it brought wonders and signs and miracles. Oh, that's just wonderful. Don't you love wonders and signs and miracles? I do. If you remember, we read Acts 2.43 in the Amplified Version, which says, And a sense of awe, reverential fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles, the special messengers. Yeah, I love that, the special messengers messengers bringing the powerful word of God which brought the miracles and the signs and the wonders. You see, the special messengers, which are the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher, they're the ones that have to preach the uncompromised gospel, which brings the power of God. I love how the New King James Bible commentary was talking about the fivefold ministries bring the vision, and they bring the revelation of the word to the people, and it brings restraint. And we were studying Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, which says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I like how the King James Bible commentary said it. If you remember, it said, where there is no vision for the proper discipline of children, a society produces a generation of young people who have no regard for the law and literally run wild. I'm so thankful for the ministry gifts that God gave the church. As we said yesterday, it's important that every ministry gift to the body has prophetic vision or revelation of what God is doing so his people will know what they should be doing, including what they should not be doing. And Paul wrote to Timothy the job description of pastors and ministers. He said in Titus 1.13, this testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. And then he spoke to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.2. He said, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. And of course we know he should be preaching the gospel. In Acts 4.33 it says, And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. 
Wow, we need great grace today, don't we? And what did it produce? It produced continuous miracles. A handbook on the Acts of the Apostles says this, Miracles and wonders is the same expression which was discussed in chapter 2, verse 19 of Acts. The force of the Greek verb is such as to indicate that the apostles were continuously causing miracles and wonders and that the people were constantly filled with awe. I don't know about you, but I'm believing for more miracles, continuous and steadfast miracles. Miracles is a way of life. Although it seems the church has backed away from the power of the Spirit for healing, miracles, deliverance, and the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers, I'm standing for a great awakening, a great outpouring greater than anyone has ever seen or experienced. Let's believe God for more special messengers, messengers who are not afraid to speak the truth and bring conviction and correction. The message is to bring great faith and a holy fear and awe toward God in truth, humility, honesty, reverence, commitment, giving, and serving. Yes, it's not time to back up and be silent. It's time to speak prophetically in line with the Word of God. Remember, the definition of wonders is something strange, causing the beholder to marvel, always in the plural. And signs means works of a supernatural origin and character such as could not be produced by natural agents and means. They are mighty works. And finally, miracles are events which may seem contrary to nature and which signifies an act in which God reveals himself to man. I love miracles. I thank God for more miracles. I thank God for his special messengers bringing the truth about what God is doing. Let's read Acts two forty-two and 43 again. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And if you remember, the King James Version Bible Commentary says that without a vision, the young people will literally run wild. Well, is it just young people who are without restraint? Or is it just the non-religious? Well, no, it's the same for any age and any belief. Without revelation, people of any age will literally run wild. We need the fear of the Lord. We need the awe and the reverence and the respect of the awesome God as to who he is. The following is a portion of an excellent discourse on the fear of the Lord by Miles Custis in the Faith Life Study Bible. This is what it says. While fear can describe terror or dread, The Old Testament use of fear often indicates awe or reverence. To fear God is to express loyalty to him and faithfulness to his covenant. Those who fear God exhibit trust in him and obedience to his commandments. According to the Old Testament, those who fear God obtain God's protection, wisdom, and blessing. The fear of God is often evoked in response to God's holiness. For example, the biblical writers describe God and his name as holy and awesome. And this is interesting. The term awesome translates the word nora, a form of the word yara, which means to fear. The fear of God is also related to God's greatness. People fear God because of his mighty deeds. For example, the Israelites responded to God's saving power in bringing them out of Egypt by fearing him. The biblical texts often parallel the fear of God with obedience. For example, in Genesis twenty-two twelve. God recognizes Abraham's obedience to sacrifice Isaac as fear of him. The fear of God is also closely tied to loyalty and faithfulness to God. For instance, after the people of Israel conquered the land of Canaan, 
Joshua charged them to faithfully fear God by serving him alone and putting away other gods. In the Psalms, fearing God is often likened to trusting God. The designation of those who fear God is used to refer to the community of those faithful to him. Those who fear God receive protection, deliverance, and blessing. They also enjoy a close relationship with God. And the Psalms likewise equate worship and praise with the fear of God. The fear of God also appears as a central theme of wisdom literature, where it several times refers to the beginning of wisdom or knowledge. Proverbs classifies those without a fear of God as haters of knowledge. Proverbs also relates the fear of God to humility and righteous living. Fearing God also leads to blessing and long life. Like obedience, the relationship between fearing God and wisdom is cyclical. Fearing God results in wisdom, and receiving wisdom helps people understand the fear of God. The book of Job describes Job as someone who fears God. In fact, Job's fear of God is the focal point of the book, as Satan questions Job's reason for fearing God. That's some excellent quotes on the meaning of the fear of God. To Westerners like us, the fear of the Lord can seem difficult to comprehend. We're accustomed to fear, meaning scared and afraid, like the boogeyman who's under the bed or in the closet. We're so familiar with horror movies showing zombies chasing their next victim and demon-like creatures about to eat people alive. Even Santa Claus says you better be nice and you better not cry. No, the fear of the Lord is totally opposite. Instead of it being afraid of something or someone you don't know, it's actually based on a relationship with someone you do know. It's knowing the true character of God through a relationship with his word being Jesus Christ. It's knowing of his goodness, grace, and mercy, and loving him so much you'd never want to displease him. The more awesome he is to you, the more you will honor and respect him. And if you ever disobey him or miss the mark through sin, you're not in fear for your life. Rather, you turn to him in full repentance and humility to restore your relationship immediately. When you look at it, you treat anyone you truly love and respect that way. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, did you get that? The more we learn about God, the more knowledge we have of the Holy One. Now, the more knowledge we have of the true character of God's love for us, then the more fear of the Lord we will have, and we will all be the more wise. This is why we need the master of the house to open the word in the home, to bring the light of God's word into our lives from a direct relationship of family, mentoring and modeling on an everyday, every situation basis, true Christianity 101, where we show them God is loved through family worship with prayer, worship the word and the spirit, when we sit in the house and when we walk by the way, when we lie down and when we rise up. Deuteronomy 4.10 says, Gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. Well, like the quote from Miles Custis says, Job's fear of God is the focal point of the book, as Satan questions Job's reason for fearing God. Where can wisdom be found? Where is the place of understanding? Well, Job tells us very clearly in chapter 28. Chapter 28, verses 12 through 28, it says, 
But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it's not me. And the sea says, it is not with me. It cannot be purchased for gold, nor can silver be weighed for its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious onyx or sapphire. Neither gold nor crystal can equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewelry of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or quartz, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where then does wisdom come, and where is the place of understanding? It says in verse 21, It is hidden from the eyes of all living, and concealed from the birds of the air. Destruction and death say, We've heard a report about it with our ears. Amazing. Our time is up. We're going to have to stop right here in the middle of Job 28 and come back to the answer of where is wisdom found and where is the place of understanding. So come back tomorrow, same time, same place. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.